and good afternoon and welcome to the women's show i'm deb anderson with you until um two o'clock this afternoon with the finest in music performed by women and we just listened to uh seattle-based uh soul and pop singer Brittany danielle brand new album just came out called hindsight and we just listened to the title track and i actually love the lyrics let it go you're not alone um that i it's just so perfect and we started from that album uh a song called Words from Brittany. Uh, Danielle, and Brittany, are you there? I'm here. Awesome. Well, you know, that is such a great uh, idea. And uh, just, you know, let it go. You're not alone. Uh, my understanding is you wrote those lyrics during the pandemic. Yeah, that was my pandemic song. Mm -hmm. Hindsight ended up being that one song that I... I felt very introspective about what everyone was going through collectively, but alone mm -hmm. at the same time. And uh, that's what came out of it. Well, that's perfect. And that's what you named your brand new uh, album was Hindsight. Yes. Is that? The yeah, I named it Hindsight because of the fact that the pandemic was kind of what catapulted me into finishing the album and also because some of the songs came from past lessons learned and I mm. thought you know all of this is hindsight is 2020 and then mm. 2020 is the year and I was like oh it kind of works the <laughs> oh, whole thing. <laughs> that is so perfect. <laughs> I hadn't even thought of that um, yeah that, that certainly works that way. Um, you know you're, you're a singer, you're a songwriter, you wrote all the songs on this album didn't you? Yes yeah the one that um, was a collab was don't and that's with my guitar player Larson he mm. he was like I have, an, I have a song idea I don't know if it'll work but um, I have these chords that I really like and I think the theme is something about don't owe you nothing or I don't know something like that and mm -hmm. I was like got it I'll write the lyrics and it turned out to be one of my favorite songs and we put it on the album um, just because it was working so well yeah, well, all the songs, uh, all the songs work really well. I just listened to it <laughs> a couple times through, and and I one well, one thing that struck me is they're all like single words, I don't, nothing, words, fondly. <laughs> yeah, well, the only ones that I couldn't get was hard times. Exactly, and uh, liquid drugs were the two, and I uh -huh. I was really set on having single words for lyrics <laughs> for or for the titles, but. I didn't pull it out with all of them, but yeah, I don't know what, why I was so hard set on that, but I tried my best. <laughs> you did, and it really stands out, uh, and it, you know, kind of makes a lot of sense. I mean, your music is soulful, it's jazzy, got a little bit of R&B going on with it, and of course, you play the, the piano or the keyboards, I mean, so you're, you're not only singing, but you're also, you know, playing an instrument. Yeah, so um, piano is my main instrument, and I got into singing later in my life. Mm. I never quite considered myself a singer. I did a lot of backup vocals in other bands, and um, I, I took vocal lessons for a long time, and my vocal coach was like, you are a singer-songwriter who mm. happens to have a piano performance degree. And I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Perfect. I, I am a singer. So... I kind of, I started to own that a little bit more. And um, yeah, so I play keyboard and piano. There's organ on some of the tracks 
and I wrote all the lyrics and mm. everything. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. I mean, you pretty much did the whole darn thing. Um, right? Who, who, who did you produce the, the album to? So Larson, my guitar player, did mixing and um, helped me with the sound engineering. And then basically we we finished that off together, the production part of it. So I guess technically I am executive producer because, you know, whatever I said was the <laughs> final word. Mm-hmm. But um, Larson did all the computer work and the, the mixing and stuff. Well, that's great. You just kind of kept it uh, within you and and the people you play with now who who actually is on the album besides larson yeah so larson hagenstadt is the guitar player nick melinda is a drummer and harry worth is my bass player okay and that's it they i call i used to call them um the denim daddies because (laughs) i had them wear denim um the whole time that we were performing and and they they liked it for a little bit, but we changed it. Now it's the, we call them the slim fit because I wanted to keep something gene, gene related. Okay. Well, that works. I mean, both work. It's kind of pretty funny. <laughs> I, I saw a f- uh, video you play at one of the, the bars in Seattle, which is Seattle's sort of your home base, isn't it? Yeah. So the greater, greater Seattle, Tacoma area, um, the video was in White Center, so it's kind of like oh. a middle ground. So that place is so fun. Drunky Two Shoes is <laughs> yeah. it's such a fun place. Well, I was they wa- have great barbecue. Well, it's a great name. I'm telling you, it's like oh, okay. <laughs> Good time had by all. <laughs> yes, sure. absolutely. <laughs> well, that that's great. So those are the people that when you go out and tour, which apparently you are doing some touring right now. Right, yeah. So um, I'm lucky enough to have other musicians in my life based off of like my musical career and my education. So I'm when I'm tour, I kind of pick up artists along the way mm. because sometimes my my main guys aren't able to come with me. So I am working on a tour down to LA area in wow. September and working on kind of the Oregon area, like lower, lower Washington, upper Oregon mm-hmm. for the beginning of September and then LA later in September. But, um, yeah, I'm sort of branching out and I'm living in an RV right now because oh, wow. I'm moving around a lot. So I didn't want to be paying rent at a place that I wasn't living. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. So- yeah. So it's, me and my cat in an RV. <laughs> well, that could be the title of your next album. <laughs> Me, the cat, in the <laughs> RV. We're, we're out there yep. on the road. Well, it sounds like you could go just about anywhere in the country. You're set up. Yeah, it's, I'm ready to go. I uh, made a decision to stop teaching piano. That was my main gig for a long time and just pursue this performance thing full time. And I, I, think it's, I think it's working. I don't know. Well, it's a great, great album. You know, I started listening to it, and, you know, it just so reminded me of Lake Street Dive and Rachel Price. It's got that fun vibe going on with it, you know, funky, fun, uh, catchy. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, a good time. <laughs> Considering you wrote these songs during the pandemic, this is a pretty upbeat album. 
Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, the album originally was supposed to be Liquid Drugs, Fondly, Nothing, and another song that didn't end up working. Mm-hmm. But because we were quarantined and we didn't have any outlets, I started a Facebook group with other singer-songwriters to just continue prompts to keep us creative and mm-hmm. sharing um, in this Facebook group. And the rest of the seven came from that oh, group, really? which was amazing. So I had four songs, three of which ended up being put on the album. And I had those for a while. I just kind of had them in my back pocket and just was slowly writing music. But then when the pandemic hit, it was like, mm-hmm. oh, let me just think about other things that have happened in my life because I'm here alone with my thoughts and write a song about it. So those are, yeah, that's what ended up happening. Seven songs in about six months. It was, it's kind of crazy. It's a lot. Wow. Well, the pandemic certainly affected people, all people in all sorts of different ways. And that's how part of the way it affected you. Um, One of those people you dealt with was Tecla Waterfield. Has she been pretty supportive of you? She's wonderful. I, I didn't quite know all the directions I needed to move in. And I thought, you know, let me reach out and see if there's somebody who can have some good advice. And I was pointed in the direction of Tekla and I honestly could not have done this without her. I Mm. would have been so lost and I wouldn't have even known where to start with reaching out to radio stations and blogs and she was just she's an amazing. Great. She's amazing, and I am so grateful for working with her. And I'm definitely going to work with her again with any upcoming projects. Well, she's so supportive of women performers, certainly in, in the area, Seattle area, um, and made a lot of contacts with us here at KZUM and Twyla Twang. Um, is do you just in general? I know. Before you went out on your own, did your solo thing with this brand new album called Hindsight. And by the way, I'm talking to Brittany Danielle here on the Women's Show. Um, you you were in a lot of different bands in Seattle, weren't you? I was, yeah. I I was in this band called Pergato for a while. It's a synth um, female fronted band, and hmm. I played in a lot of big bands and jazz combos as well. And like. Really? some that were kind of put together last minute for events or just based off of having some connections and people are like, Oh, I got a wedding to play. Do you want to come play this with me? And Mm -hmm. so I did a lot of that. And then uh, my last major band project was Ryan Barber and the riches. And I played keyboard and um, sang backups and in that one. And we recorded an album and we were kind of picking up some, traction and then pandemic hit and the lead singer moved to San Diego and so we were like okay well (laughs) I guess that's that Um, so yeah and I've been um, played in a a Bowie cover band for a while and that was really fun and so it's a lot of very eclectic different genres than the one that I ended up producing as my own personal project well, I am curious because, uh, as you mentioned, classical piano is sort of what you started with, wasn't it? It is. It's what I started with, and I ended up going to college for classical piano at Washington State University, 
And halfway through my education, I was like, I'm bored. <laughs> I don't think I want to do this anymore. Like, maybe I chose the wrong school. Maybe I, uh-huh. like, I don't know, just second guessing everything. And then another teacher came up to me and well, he was starting a, a jazz improv class. And he said, I think you'd really be fit in with this. This would add some flavor to your education. And I was just like, mm. improv sounds terrifying. I don't think that I want to do that at all. And <laughs> He said, well, it's a new class and I just need students. So if you could just please <laughs> add it. And I was like, fine, I'll do it. And that catapulted me into, ended, I ended up getting a jazz minor and um, wow. studying a lot more jazz and blues and being in jazz combos as well, um, learning like the combo etiquette and what to do. And I was in a band called Orgasmic in college and we would play at the local the local jazz club and that was so much fun and I learned so much and I think improv improv took everything that I learned in classical music and made it applicable Hmm. to writing because prior to that everything was strictly on a page written by somebody else and like I could understand it by the theory that I knew but it never came off the page and was rearranged into something else you know so Mm -hmm that's where improv showed me that I could take everything I knew and make something new out of it. And that, that definitely started helping me with my songwriting. Well, I was going to ask you, what, what is your process with songwriting being a pianist and and a songwriter? I mean, you, you just sit down at the keyboard and you just come up with a melody and then you think about the words or you've already had the words written down. There's a lot of times where I sing to myself about daily tasks (laughs) I'll just or I'll sing a song to my cat about her eating her food or something and and a melody will pop up and I'll be like oh I like that that's Mm -hmm. and I'll go to the piano and develop it and um there's a lot of different techniques I think one of my favorite ones is following the chord progression and improving over the chord progression until I find something that I like and then when it comes to putting the words to the song kind of singing nonsensical vowel-y sort of like yeah, oh, yeah kind of <laughs> sounds until something sounds like a phrase and or um, a lot of like Fondly for instance and Nothing were two songs that came directly out of an interaction with another person and I was mad and I had a lot to get out and I just went straight to the piano and those songs came right out so there's this like long developmental process or there's this one moment where I'm like I got something to say (laughs) immediately that's so great (laughs) what a great way to get out that anger (laughs) all that yeah that stuff you need to get out there and apparently having all that classical training was able to give you that platform that you're able to improvise improvisational that you can just go out in any genre any type of music and 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 play no wonder you were in great demand as far in and different bands because you could play just about anything yeah there's that that understanding of the the keys and the chord changes and stuff that really plays a huge part i i thought it was so boring when i was learning it and i was like why do i need to know this at all and um it mm-hmm. can't, it's the fundamentals of why why I can do what I can do and 
whenever I was teaching piano, I would tell my kids that I'd, we would, we would learn and apply instead of just learn, learn, learn Mm -hmm. so that they would understand why it was important. So like we would learn a C chord and a G chord and then we'd write a song or something and they would be like, Oh, I see how this works because I just wanted them to have a little bit of a better understanding of why they were learning certain things versus the way that I learned it was you have, you just have to know this. Trust me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You started at eight years old, so you just had to kind of trust your teacher at that point. Yes. Yeah. And I had a wonderful teacher. She was just amazing. I, I studied all the way through high school with her and she put me in adjudication so that I could meet other teachers to kind of decide where I wanted to go with my music career. And Hmm. she, she really put me in, I trusted her completely and she would put me in competitions or groups that she knew I would thrive in. And I kind of just blindly followed her and didn't, didn't really know why these were important. And now with performing and all the performance that I've done in my life and understanding how to mentally prepare or, um, how, how to focus on practicing and all the techniques that you learn along the way. I was like, Mm -hmm. Oh, I get it. I get it now. Hmm. So you'd make a darn good teacher. How come you gave up teaching just because you're too darn busy traveling around your RV with your cat and you just really don't want to settle down and teach uh, teach a young student all the stuff that you've well, learned over we the years? Were, yeah, we were online for a long time. I taught since I was 14, so I've been doing it for a while. Mm. Um, but we all went online during the pandemic and we didn't really have a plan to go back in person. And I felt like there was a lot being lost in the online um, there's a little bit of personal relationship that gets lost mm-hmm. in doing a 30 minute zoom call versus like having that in-person lesson. And, and I, I was tired of being on the computer and I really wanted to focus on, on this project and man, releasing an album is a whole project. Mm-hmm. One of my friends said to me yesterday, releasing an album is like planning a wedding and I don't want to plan another wedding, but all I guys want to release another album. <laughs> and I really thought I've never planned a wedding, but um, mm-hmm. I've been in some and it does take a lot. So I've just kind of found that I wasn't showing up the way that I wanted to as a teacher either, because I was doing all these other things. And uh-huh. if I got an email or a phone call, it would interrupt the mm-hmm. lesson. And it was all this urgency that I wasn't available. Um, I wasn't available to show up the way that I wanted to show up for the students. I don't know that they felt that way, but I definitely felt that way. So I called it quits and I sent them off to other trusted peers Mm -hmm. who I knew would match. And it was a sad moment, but I think it was, it was time. It was time. It's been a while. I've been teaching a while. I've seen kids grow up and go to college. (laughs) I guess you you have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gosh. Well, you know, you can always go back to that when you're like eight years old or something. You don't want to go driving around your RV anymore, and maybe your yeah. you had a couple cats since then. So, um, <laughs> something, something in are your you gonna, older are age. Are you calling me a cat lady? Deb? Am I going to turn into a cat lady without it? I think you need more than one cat to be a cat lady. Well, maybe I, one cat's fine. Um, 
I mean, I have two, and the woman sitting in the studio with me, she's got three. So I think, you know, that's not such a bad thing. (laughs) Have something to aspire to. Indeed. Well, apparently, uh, your cat is very inspirational. Uh, And by the way, I'm talking to Brittany Danielle here on the Women's Show, a brand new album called Hindsight. Now, you said this is sort of like planning a wedding. Of course, you said you haven't planned a wedding. Um, Are you planning on doing a new album so you can do another new wedding? (laughs) Yeah, I think I'm going to do a couple EPs following this album Mm. because the... It was a lot of work, and granted, it was my first one, so Mm -hmm. I learned a lot, and I didn't know a lot of things, so the whole thing was a learning process, and clearly, I'm not going to do the same moves as I did, or, like, I'll know what my next steps are, because I've done this album, but um, I looked at Larson after we were finally done, and I said, I think... EPs are good. And he said, yeah, a whole album is a lot. <laughs> yeah, a lot it's a work. lot. And people have been doing singles, and I, you did put out that single um, before the album, right? Uh, the yeah, one about the, the liquid, um, uh, liquid drugs. Oh, yes, yep. I put out liquid drugs, and that one, um, I think it's kind of a standalone as far as that the album of hindsight, because it it's a lot more rock and roll mm-hmm. than the other songs, but it kind of it kind of follows the journey of looking back on what's happened in my life. And I came from a pretty religious background, and um, in the, I kind of likened my religious upbringing to a bit of an abusive relationship and I ha- I was in an abusive relationship so I kind of like melded the two to write that song. Oh wow. Um, and around the time that time I had just graduated and I wasn't playing music at all because I was burnt out from college and I was bartending and I was sort of just like absorbing the world outside of the music industry and I was also, as a bartender, I kind of used the idea of liquid drugs as like another abusive relationship because I just saw all these people in and out of the bar and constantly Hmm. there. And I was like, huh, these kind of all go together. So Mm -hmm. I mixed it. You mixed it. That's good. (laughs) (laughs) Put it together, got a brand new uh, uh, concoction of uh, music. And uh, you get some of your... uh, anger out. I suppose there's a lot of anger in being in an abusive relationship. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of anger and a lot of frustration. Um, and and I think music has always been part of my outlet. And during that time, I wasn't playing music because I was not really allowed to I guess in that relationship it was a a quote unquote distraction Mm. from the relationship so um, it wasn't it wasn't very long but it was definitely exhausting and frustrating and I would say embarrassing as well because at some point you're just kind of like wait how did this happen and Mm. um, and so I think that the song helped kind of process that the aftermath of the of that whole 
situation of, I mean, there were a bunch of situations that went into the song, like I said, but um, it, it definitely was a processing song. And I think that some people have, some people have enjoyed that song and have identified with it for multiple different reasons, mm -hmm. um, whether they were in an abusive relationship or um, a friendship that was sour or they were raised in a religious situation that they were, they're like coming out of. Um, but it's interesting because when you write a song for yourself and you release it to the public, it's interesting to hear how people identify oh, with yeah. the song. And I, I start to feel like I don't want to tell people what it's about because I don't want to ruin mm. that for them, you know? Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow. So I'm glad you started off the whole, uh, well, it actually was the single, um, but Liquid uh, Drugs. So that pretty much started you down the whole path of uh, songwriting. And, and I was kind of curious why you chose kind of the soul R&B. Is that just a natural progression for yours because you really like Ray Charles back when you were younger? <laughs> I think it's a natural progression based off of the culmination of genres that I've learned. Um, and jazz really stuck with me and I played in a funk band for a little while and I love Elton John and Ray Charles mm. and I just feel like all of these pianists and where they came from and how I what what I'm drawn to um, kind of, you know, went into, went into me mixed up and came out that way. And mm. I, I honestly didn't have a goal of like, this is what Brittany Danielle sounds like. <laughs> it was kind okay. of a, it was a, I don't know what I sound like. How do I, how about I just fiddle around until I find something. And fondly was the one that set it all off because, it originally was a really slow, uh, slower acoustic piano piece. And I fiddled around with that um, with the band for a little while because I was like, I kind of wanted to feel a little bit more upbeat and not really sure what I'm going for. But I chose Harry Worth as a bass player because he is a funk bass player mm. primarily. And I knew he would be able to breathe a little bit more life into it. And um, between all these emails of back and forth, this is why it was so hard in pandemic because we're like recording and emailing and recording and emailing back and forth, back and forth. <clears throat> and then I finally was sitting down at the piano just playing with a drum beat that was on my keyboard and came up with the but, but, da, da, but, da. And mm. that's kind of what catapulted the sound of Fondly. And then I was like, there it is. That's what I want. And then everything else followed. Perfect. Perfect. I mean, I, I love how you, your process is. It just sounds so natural, so flowing. Like music is your thing, obviously, Brittany Danielle. That's what you live in. Yes. Live and you breathe the music. And, and you can True. really tell on your brand new release called Hindsight, which makes perfect sense that you call it Hindsight. I, I, perfect title for that. You know, I'm there's a... Yeah, trying to find you out there in the world of social media. Where where can one find Brittany Danielle? Yeah, you can find me. <clears throat> excuse me on Bandcamp. It's Brittany Danielle Music, um, and then Instagram, same Brittany Danielle Music. My website is Brittany Danielle Official. Mm. Dot com. 
Um, but everything else is Brittany Danielle music. And uh, that's okay. where I'll be. Well, hooray. And you've got some videos out there, too. Um, so, yeah, there's there's another Brittany Daniel <laughs> out there. And I kept finding yeah. her. She's like an actress or something. But it's, it's not yes, you, right? Brittany Daniel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's not yeah, you. I, um, I've seen her in a couple movies, and I guess I never knew her name until um, I started looking up things related to Brittany Daniel music, and I was like, Brittany Daniel? Oh, <laughs> oh, I've seen her in some movies before. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, well, you spell your names different, and it's different, and you're definitely not her so um hey i guess we probably should wrap this up it's been great talking to you Brittany danielle out of seattle washington and other places now you're in an rv you could be anywhere you could be in lincoln nebraska i suppose i could be anywhere you could be anywhere you and the cat um i'm i usually ask about the closing song i I pick a song and they say well what do you think about this song or is there something else you want to play well i i picked hard times you have any other choice that you'd want me to do to go out with Oh, Hard Times is great. And I love that you opened with words and hindsight. Those are great. Um, mm. Yeah, Hard Times is a great one. It's upbeat and it's it's one of my... Okay. Well, we're going to go out with Hard Times. And it's been wonderful talking to you, Brittany Danielle. Um, I hope you have a great uh, time out there playing music because you're playing all over the place. Yeah. Doing, doing my best. <laughs> doing your best. A great new album, <laughs> Hindsight, and we'll be looking forward to your new EP coming out here in the near future. Yeah. And that'll be fantastic. Yes. So let's go with Hard Times from the brand new album from Brittany Daniel called Hindsight here on The Women's Show. And thanks, thanks a lot. Take care, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks, Deb. You bet. Bye.